Hey, I'm Mary Ellen Dance, licensed mental health counselor and owner of Pittsburgh Therapy. I'm on a mission to strip away the stigmas surrounding therapy and mental health and talk about how we can use the culture of self-improvement for our benefit rather than our demise. I used to think I was doing life all wrong, from getting fired from a dream job to advising clients on relationships while I myself was trying to sort through that dumpster fire. But then I realized my imperfections are what made me a good therapist. So join me on a journey not to be perfect, but to be, well, okay-ish. Welcome. Your session has now started. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here today on okay-ish. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of okay-ish moments in the past few weeks. So I hope I'm not alone. I'm going to just pretend that I'm not alone because man, changing of seasons, changing of schedules with like back to school and everything. Cool. It is rough. And so today with that in mind, I have actually realized something that I have been missing in myself that I have been kind of letting fall to the wayside. And I thought, okay, if I'm letting this fall to the wayside, then other people probably are also. So what a great topic to talk about on OK-ish, right? So before we go on, press the follow button wherever you're listening. If you like this episode, please write a review. The podcast powers that be really like reviews and stuff like that. I would love that. Follow me on Instagram at Mary Ellen Dance to get updates and things like that around the podcast. I also try to post a lot of resources, like different mental health resources and things like that. So. Without any further ado, today I want to talk about mindfulness. Now, before you roll your eyes and stop this podcast, bear with me. Now, I used to roll my eyes at the word mindfulness. That's why I said that. I used to roll my eyes because it felt like a very kind of trendy word to me. It felt like a lot of people were saying the word mindfulness when Not that they didn't know what they were talking about, but it felt like it was kind of just like a broad term. Like, what does that even mean? Like, and so I think for a long time, I rolled my eyes at this term because I truly didn't know what it meant, what people meant when they were saying mindfulness. It felt like that trendy, you know, like why I also struggle with the term self-care. Like that could mean literally thousands of things. But... Then I learned more about mindfulness and I actually kind of came up with my own definition of mindfulness that works for me. And I think we can all do that for ourselves. But before we go into, you know, the pros and cons of mindfulness, I just want to give you a little bit of history. So the definition of mindfulness is the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. Now, as you can see, that's kind of like a really, really broad definition, which is good and bad. You know, it's good because it kind of allows us to make up our own definitions, but then there's a lot of room for confusion and error and misunderstanding. So when people use the term mindfulness, a lot of what comes to mind for people is like Buddhism or Hinduism. And that's true, but not just with that. Like mindfulness definitely started in religious beliefs, but not just Buddhism or Hinduism. There's also like hints of mindfulness in Judaism and Christianity. 
And so mindfulness had been kind of intertwined with these religious views in talking about being aware of your higher power of whatever you believe in. So, okay, I sort of get what that means, but again, that's pretty ambiguous. So my views on like mindfulness and religion are honestly very like stereotyped, right? I think of like Buddhism and like the Dalai Lama and like Buddha and meditation, you know, peacefulness and calm. And those are kind of the words that come to my mind. But I don't really know what any of that means. So there was this guy named John Cabot Zinn who brought mindfulness to the Western culture. So he founded the Center for Mindfulness at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And he also developed mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is like a prescribed program in order to reduce stress. I think it's like an eight-week program. And that kind of led the Western culture to be like, okay, this is a thing. And he opened this mindfulness center at a medical school. So it also allowed for kind of the mix between like Eastern medicine and Western medicine to kind of work together to continue to develop what mindfulness practice is and what it means and how to use mindfulness practice in, you know, a productive way, all that type of thing. So John Kabat-Zinn actually has a bunch of books and I read one of his books. I've read a few of his books, but the first book I read of his really helped to change my view on mindfulness because I think before I read this book, I thought, okay, mindfulness is something I have to do. So I have to like sit on my couch and like be mindful, go. And it turns out it doesn't work that way. Uh, Maybe for some people, but I don't know. I don't, not for me. It definitely doesn't work for me. Bringing mindfulness into today, they are working on doing like a lot of scientific studies to see if mindfulness actually works. And there have been studies that have shown that, you know, mindfulness-based stress reduction, mindfulness-based therapies have helped to decrease symptoms of anxiety and depression. Okay. So that's a lot of words. And what does any of that mean? So I'm going to tell you what it means to me, because the thing that I've realized about mindfulness is that it's very personalized. Let's go back to that definition, the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. My consciousness, my awareness is going to be different than yours and different than the next person's. And so, of course, my mindfulness What that looks like to me is going to be different than what that looks like for you. But the definition that I've come to appreciate and understand and that makes sense for me is just being present. Just being. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that I have been struggling with this lately. And it's true. I have found myself distracting myself more and more often. And it is hard in this day and age because there are literally thousands and thousands of distractions. More than thousands. I can open my phone and have a million distractions. I have the world at my fingertips on my phone. It's kind of wild. And so, you know, I walk my dog a lot. And so walking can be a really, really mindful practice for me. 
if I'm just walking and kind of letting my brain wander and looking around and listening to the birds, smelling the grass, that for me is really, really mindful. But I found that recently I was taking walks and I was using that time to make phone calls, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good time to make a phone call to a friend or a family member. But I realized I feel anxious. My anxiety increased because I'm distracted, distracted, distracted. And so I have had to take a step back and think, okay, I need to not be so distracted. I need to sit and I need to be, and I need to be aware of my surroundings. I need to really focus on what's going on around me. Our brains are taught to filter information. So our brains are taught to like not even register all, if I'm walking down the street, there's so many smells, right? I can smell freshly cut grass. Maybe I can smell somebody's grill. Maybe I can smell the dirt. Maybe I can smell like there, there's so many smells, right? Our brains are taught to filter through that because if we were completely aware of every single sensation happening at every single moment, we wouldn't get anything done. We just wouldn't get anything done because we would be so overstimulated by everything happening around us. So our brains are designed to kind of filter those things out. So if I'm walking and I'm not paying attention to any of the smells around me, but then I smell a skunk, that's going to be like an alarm in my brain of like, ooh, I smell a skunk. I'm going to walk away. So my focus is going to turn towards my nose. When before I smell the skunk, there's lots of other smells going on around too, but my brain filters that out. I don't know if if I'm explaining this in a way that it makes any sense. But so mindfulness is basically a practice of saying, okay, brain, it's great that we filter things out because we need to be productive. We need to function. We would be overwhelmed if we weren't filtering things out. However, in order to calm anxiety, in order to feel at peace, in order to de-stress, sometimes we need to notice those things going on, all those things that our brain is constantly kind of filtering through. Anxiety, for example. Anxiety is all based in the past and the future. Worrying about things that have happened or worrying about things that will happen. I mean, anxiety is a lot more than just those things, but that's that's one of the big parts of anxiety. and mindfulness techniques have been found to really, really work with people who struggle with anxiety because it brings them to the present. If I am focused on all the sensations happening around my body, if I am focused on all the things I'm looking at, all the things I'm hearing, all the things I'm smelling, I don't have space in my brain to be focused on my worries. One thing that I do when I'm anxious that is also kind of a mindfulness practice is I focus on what's happening right now. I focus on, okay, what is happening in front of me? What is the next thing I have to do? I'm worried about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, go throughout the whole alphabet, right? I'm worried about all these things, but what's the next thing? What can I focus on right now? And I think we've forgotten how to do this. Like I mentioned, I distract myself all the time. We're constantly distracted. And I think that we also use distractions, at least I know I do, I use distractions as an avoidance technique. 
So if I'm really stressed about something and I don't really want to think about it, I am way more likely to scroll through my phone than I am at other times. Because if I don't want to think about it, why would I want to sit and be present with whatever is stressing me out? You know what I mean? So I think that often I, I see this with me. I see this a lot with clients. You know, we purposely distract ourselves to avoid. But here's the difference with that. Mindfulness does not mean I have to sit down and focus on all my problems. Mindfulness does not mean this huge big thing that's stressing me out. I have to sit down and think about it. Mindfulness means what if I sat here and focused on what's around me? What if I felt what my hands are feeling? What if I really tasted my food, focused on it? What if I really took deep breaths and focused on how that breathing feels? That's mindfulness. And again, mindfulness looks different for everyone. A lot of people talk about mindfulness and yoga together because yoga, and please someone correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not good at yoga. I can't do downward dog. It's so stressful for me. So yoga is not mindful for me because it stresses me out. But I know it's so amazing for other people. So I think that's great. But a lot of yoga is sitting kind of in positions. You know, you move to a position and then you hold in that position to notice it, to notice what your body is doing, to sit with it, to feel it. A lot of that is, goes hand in hand with mindfulness. But for me, sometimes mindfulness can just look like, you know what, I'm going to drive in my car without the radio on. My dad never, ever has the radio on when he drives. And that's been my whole life. If I got in the car with my mom, the radio would be on. If I was in the car with my dad, it would be silent. And it's interesting because I kind of get it. Like, I used to not understand it at all. When I was a teenager, I was like, why not have the radio on? Like, that's one of the fun parts of driving. You know, roll your windows down, listen to music. Like, it's great. But now when I've had a tough day, when I'm overwhelmed, when I am, you know, feeling stressed, I'll turn that radio off. And I'll just notice. I'll just notice the things around me. I'll just notice what my car is doing. Well, sometimes my mind wanders. Yeah, sure. But I'll also just notice what's going on. And that brings me to my next point, which is letting your mind wander is, you know, a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's also not mindfulness. Mindfulness is focusing on the present. And letting our mind wander can be really, really helpful. Sometimes we kind of need to just let ourselves, you know, process and let our brains go. But mindfulness is actually focusing on the present. It's being aware. So if I'm like sitting around daydreaming, sometimes I need to do that. And that's lovely. But that's different than mindfulness. Mindfulness is I'm not sitting around daydreaming. I am looking at the sky. I am noticing it. I am focusing on it. I'm looking at the tree. I'm looking at the grass. Can you tell that right now I'm looking out a window as I'm recording this? <laughs> so I'm actually naming all the things that I'm looking at out my window. Anyways, so for me, mindfulness is taking a walk while not calling someone on the phone and focusing on what's going on around me. Mindfulness is turning off the radio. Mindfulness is when I can sit with my coffee on my deck in the morning and just kind of look at the sky and listen to the birds, watch my dog play in the grass. For me, that's mindfulness. Now, for someone else, it may look very different, and that's okay. 
But whatever way that we can choose to be aware of what's going on around us, I really encourage us to do it. Because again, we are so distracted by so many things all the time. It is no wonder that our brains are on overload. It is no wonder that rates of anxiety have gone way up. It's no wonder. So I wonder that if we can all start to just recognize when we need to take that time to turn the radio off, when we need to take that time to just sit, I wonder if we'd be happier. I mean, research shows that we'd be less anxious and depressed. So I think we might be. If you're interested in learning more about mindfulness, I encourage you to talk to people. I by no means am a mindfulness guru at all. This is what I know and what works for me. But there are a lot of mindfulness gurus out there. I encourage you to read any book by John Kabat-Zinn because they are really, really great and easy to understand explanations of mindfulness. Like his books are like short chapters and like good little snippets to understand. So I encourage you to do that. And I also encourage you to think about what being consciously aware of your surroundings, what that means to you and how that might help you be okay-ish. Please follow me wherever you're listening to this podcast and on Instagram at okayish podcast. Also, I would love it if you could rate the podcast and leave a review. The best way to get in contact with me is to go to okayishpodcast.com and submit a comment question. You can do it anonymously too, which is so great. I will see you guys next Monday. I can't wait.